Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. Well, you never know what you're going to get when you join Michael and Melanie on Grounded because it's potluck, literally sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know much about it. I haven't read much about it, to be honest. So it's, it's going to be entertaining for me. Mm. But as a landscaper, you know, I, I can maybe look at it from a different point of view. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you're more into design and I'm more into plants. And one of the things that's been on my radar, especially having been on a daytime radio show where it wasn't just about gardening, was finding out what were the issues of the day. Now, it, it first kind of came to my attention Oh, well, no. I think dacha is something that has always been on South Africans' minds, okay, because apparently we have like some of the best dacha in the world. So last year there was a whole thing where there was that landmark decision that was made down in the Cape and the entire country went, woohoo, we can now grow our own dope. But that was actually specific, I think, to the Cape and I spoke to a whole bunch of people at the time about that. But then, of course, not so long ago, it was taken even further with... We wouldn't say the legalization of Dachau and everybody started jumping up and down and behaving as if they've just smoked a really big spliff and thought, woohoo, here we go. Happy days are here again, but it's not legal. Well, you know, this is one of the things that has come up. It's been decriminalized as opposed to legalized, and I need to know what the distinction is personally. Well, I think yeah. everybody needs to know what the distinction is, including my children, who immediately came home and said, is there an age limit on who's allowed to smoke dope now or who's allowed to grow it? And, you know, the people coming and phoning me immediately and going, where do we get seeds from? I'm like, what am I, the local pot grower? It was like Pandora's box. Yeah, I know. All of a sudden, I've had people saying, will you do a research paper on the difference mm. between marijuana and hemp? And some people talking about cannabinoid oil and how it works with cancer patients. So, of course, you need to get somebody who's actually a little bit more au fait with what has actually been happening, how it went on the legal side, what it means for your current consumer or your home consumer, and maybe even to get some tips on how to grow it. So one of the people that I know was very, very involved in the entire thing was Quinton van Kirken, who's the chief executive of what was the Anti-Drug Alliance, but is now the clear option on cannabis. And we're going to get him to explain everything to us. He's joining us on the phone. How are you doing today? I'm very well, and you? No, fantastic. I mean, we're sitting here, and I'm sure that you've just heard Michael and myself saying, you know, there's still this confusion that reigns. So first of all, my question to you, Anti-Drug Alliance, okay. it sounds like you would want nothing to do with cannabis. When we started 12 years ago, it was a very different landscape, and we were focusing on rehabilitation and helping people get out of drugs. And it was the name that kind of stuck. I'd been working sort of on my own for, for a while, and then when the organization was formed, that was the name that sort of came up and was kind of stuck there. But over the years, uh, especially the last three, four years, we've noticed that it came with many negative connotations, especially for us, because we, we were never really against drugs. Uh, we were against addiction. But, you know, I, I think it's all about semantics and stuff like that. But a change is as good as a holiday. So a year ago, we decided, let's start with the name change process. And this is where we are right now. Yes, it's fantastic. It's, it's kind of revitalized the whole organization. Well, I have heard a number of people who have turned around and said, oh, yeah, well, don't forget, of course, you get some dacha that is addictive and some that isn't. I always thought it was just a case of having some people who had an addictive personality and some people who didn't. Is there such a thing as a okay. non-addictive dacha? Okay, so what you have to understand is that even something like addictive personality, there is no such thing. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we have to look at something like the DSM, you know, what psychiatrists use to diagnose. It's their diagnosis manual, for lack of a better word. And we've moved away completely from addiction in that. And uh, right now, you will find that it says uh, that somebody has substance use disorder. We also find that uh, what causes addiction is not the actual substance because you could get addicted to porn, you can get addicted to sex, you can get addicted to a whole bunch of different stuff that chocolate. isn't actually a substance. Yep, chocolate. Now, dark chocolate is a very interesting one. I've actually dealt with somebody with that. But uh, chocolate, yes, can be addictive as well. What we have to understand is that you have to look at the whole person, the environment that they're in, what's happening, why they actually started using a substance in the first place. And oftentimes you, you, you can go back and you'll see that there's some form of trauma or something in the person's background that they're just trying to deal with and cope with. And they found that the substance initially did help them cope and deal with it, but it just got out of hand. So let's leave it at that. There was something that I heard you say a little bit earlier on. Mm-hmm. You said that about the Western Cape ruling. Now you have to understand a high court is a high court in South Africa. It's just where the high court sits. So it's either in the Western Cape or in Gauteng or in Durban or whatever the case may be. A ruling in the high court, in any high court, immediately impacts the entire country. If it was only available in the Western Cape at that time, that means that you can go to the Western Cape, murder somebody, and they can't catch you in Johannesburg because it's a different law okay. and a different place. Okay, so you have to understand that, in, in fact, uh, the Chief Justice did note that that uh, ruling still stands. That was what the Constitutional Court ruling was based on, was that actual High Court's verdict. And in fact, all that they did was ratify that verdict. They said, that verdict is right, there we go. So that's all the Constitutional Court really did. What does that mean? What does it you know, say that we can grow What does it? it all mean for us? It's very simple. You can now possess it, cultivate it, and use it within the privacy of your own home or a private space. Okay. All right. So then a lot of people, yeah, I've had quite a few guys at the radio station ask me, oh, where can we get seeds? Well, if you've got Facebook, you can find somebody. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, there's a lot of technicalities that we've seen and, and, and great stuff that's happening. For instance, the National Commission of the South African Police Services coming out and going, guys, when it comes to Dacha, if you're unsure, rather don't arrest anybody with Dacha. We had um, some other documents that were leaked that we found out were actually quite real that stated that, well, it was the Limpopo police saying that they're not going to arrest anybody with, with under three kilograms on them. Okay, so now, three kilograms is a lot of weed. That, and, that uh, is a hell of a so, lot. So basically what that is, that is, I mean, that's like six tightly packed shoeboxes, for lack of a better word. I mean, it's a lot. So what we're finding is, you know, in my travels, I've, I've spoken to many policemen as well, and a lot of them have been given directives to sort of stay away from, not really stay away, but with a, a large pinch of salt, look at every single cannabis case that they have. If they catch you with it, they're not going to arrest you. Sorry, Quintana, I, I just need to ask from my point of view, sorry, it's Mike here, as you would have heard, but from yes. my point of view, I need to understand not really what is it we can do, but what is it you can't do? What is it you're not allowed to do? Okay, what is it you're not allowed to do? You can't walk out of your property and stand in the driveway outside your gate and smoke a joint. Okay. 
they will arrest you immediately. In, in fact, the, the Concord ruling actually said that. No public use. No use in a public place. In fact, the law of that has been changed as well. And one of the things you brought up was kids is you can use it, grow it, cultivate it for an adult in the privacy of their own home or a private space. Okay, so this law pertains only to adults, any person that is over the age of 18, any adult South African, the law applies to. Children that get caught with cannabis right now are in probably worse trouble than when it was illegal, for lack of a better word. Okay, so I get that. And and then we were talking about the distinction we made between decriminalizing and legalizing. Is, is that the decriminalizing part? Okay, so once again, I, I think right now we're, there's a lot of people battling with those words. Mm. Let's clear it up. It has been made legal for you. The cannabis has been taken out of several laws, okay? Like Act 140 of 1992, there's been amendments to that. That's the Drugs and Trafficking Act. There's the Health Act. There's a whole bunch of acts that, that cannabis was mentioned in, and it has either been taken out or amended or changed or whatever in those acts. And in the judgments, you would find all of those that have been changed. When it comes to, you know, some people saying decriminalize, well, you know what, if it was decriminalized, that would mean that a policeman that decides to pat you down in the middle of the street and you've got a joint in your pocket can now arrest you. No, they can't. The right to privacy, you see, everything about cannabis is about the right to privacy. If you're walking down the streets and you've got something in your pocket, what a lot of police are doing now is if they do the stop and searches, if they find cannabis, they give it back to the person and they search them for everything else. Okay, so you can carry it outside of your property on you. You don't have to keep it at home, but you're just not allowed to actually traffic in it and you're not allowed to smoke it in a public place. Not allowed to smoke it in a public place and you're not allowed to sell it per se. Okay, so once again, the uh, very interesting question Jeremy Acton brought up was, well, if we're not allowed to sell it, how the hell are people going to get it into their hands hmm. if they need it? Somebody with stage four cancer, you can't really go up to them and go, well, okay, here's some seeds. You need to plant this right now because in seven months time or six months time, let's say April next year, when you actually harvest them, you're going to have to wait another month after that for it to dry and cure. And then you can make your oil. So you've got eight months to wait till you get your oil that could possibly save your life. And they're going, well, that doesn't make much sense, does but you it? Can, you can give so, people the seeds or you can give people the stuff. I mean, is that is that illegal to give it away I, rather than I, selling it? You know it? what? We, having chatted to the attorneys afterwards, uh, that was one of the questions that came up. And they said, you know, right now we have to look at privacy. What happens in the privacy of your own home? What happens in the privacy of somebody else's home? You know, regarding cannabis, the police aren't really going to worry about right now until the legislation has been put into place. Where we are right now is in a bit of a limbo where the law has been found to be unconstitutional. The changes that the judge president felt that needed to be made, he wrote in, and he has forwarded that onto parliament to make the necessary changes and additions or whatever needs to be done. So we're actually sitting in a place for the next around two years until parliament can actually pull their finger out of their proverbial potholes. Um, to, <laughs> 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 Very funny. Um, while they're sort of making all the decisions and stuff, we're kind of in limbo at the moment. So I, I think a lot of people are worried, oh, what happens if I order cannabis? Am I going to be arrested? 
My friends, you know, if you're sick, I don't see any judge that's going to ever convict you for using cannabis oil. And there's never been any case like that. But also, I think it's more a case of being careful. Please don't be too blase about it. If you are using cannabis oil and you want to purchase it from somebody, number one, or, or cannabis oil products, because there's a whole range of products. I mean, the cannabis market is incredible. You get everything from cannabis lubes to bath soaks to infused honeys to vape juices to capsules to tinctures to the pure oil. There's literally hundreds of different products out there. And I think it's more of a case of as long as we're making sure that the transaction is happening between, and and I'm speaking sort of out of the law right now, and I'm trying to bring a bit of levity into the situation. As long as you're doing it quietly. Between consenting adults. Between consenting adults, I don't think that the police are going to have a problem, personally, having spoken to a lot of them. What they're worried about and what most of the public is worried about is, good God, Dacha is legal. What happens if my kids get it? Well, you know what? Your kids have had access to your alcohol cabinet for how long? Going on a bit of a pricky subject, a thorny subject, a pot-headed subject. I feel like a bit of a dope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> often, I mean, Michael, when we were talking just now um, to Quentin van Kirken about what, what Quentin was saying, what different things you can get it in, and the first thing I think he said was, you know, in lubes, and Michael looks at me and goes, in what? And I'm yeah. sure that I actually saw that on Frankie and whatever it was called, TV series, where she decided to start making these lubes and they brought in a marijuana one. And of course, I mean, Weeds, that wonderful show, the TV show that's been going on for years and years about how the lady, first of all, had to start growing to make some money because she had no money and her husband had left her kind of destitute. So it's been a, a big... Uh, speaking point, and I had a friend who was working on the, the series at the time, who was originally South African but living in Los Angeles, and he's always been experimenting with various forms of, shall we say, with yeah, with marijuana and, and making cannabinoid oil and things like that for medicinal purposes. Well, yeah. I don't know if it was so medicinal for him, but anyway, he was having a lot of fun with it. But there's a, there's a lot of different things that people just don't know about. And I know, Michael, yeah. I, I'll explain to you about the lube thing afterwards, okay? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm inquisitive. <coughs> but, but I'm also magnificent uninformed. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to uh, cannabis, when it comes to hemp, when it comes to marijuana, I mean, are these all just synonymous? I mean, are they the same, different words for the same thing? Yeah, I mean, is hemp a different plant or is it the same plant? Now, I'm going to use an analogy here, and, and Michael, you being the sort of more plant person I, I pick up, you'd understand. I'm going to use either lettuce or tomatoes as an example. There are literally hundreds of strains of tomatoes out there, from the cherry tomatoes to all the different colored tomatoes to the plum tomatoes and the Israeli tomatoes and then that tomato. So you've got all these different tomatoes, and a lot of times new ones come out because the guys actually crossbreed them. Now, the difference between hemp and cannabis is they are the same plant. The only difference between hemp and cannabis is that hemp has zero point and then there's about another six or seven zeros. I always get it uh, confused, 1% THC. So you would have to smoke around 45, 50 kilos, which is probably around 500 plants of hemp to get the same effect as sort of one joint. So the THC is so minimal that there is no possible side effect. I mean, you'll find that with the hemp oil that you could get from most of the chain stores like the Skim, Clicks, Pick and Pay, all that sort of stuff. All of those guys are selling hemp oil as well. And that's exactly what it is. It comes from the hemp plant and is literally cold pressed and hemp is made. There's no active 
THC. Why is hemp then been one of those things that's been also put illegal? I mean, when it's actually quite a beneficial plant. And why are the newspapers actually reporting about saying cannabis and hemp are both derived from the dacha plant? Hemp is the fiber of the plant, which is used to make rope, fabric, and, and paper. And then saying cannabis is the part of the plant that induces a mental and physical effect when they're two totally different plants. Exactly. There's a lot of information out there, but look, I, I've straddled the industry, you know, from many sides for a long time. And if you have to speak to a hemp producer and a cannabis producer, they uh, it's like chalk and cheese. They're like, we, the hemp guys will know we don't do cannabis really, you know, and they sort of like step away shocked and gasping. Hemp is, uh, although it is the cannabis plant, it is a, a cousin which has no active ingredient in it that can make people high. That's it. Okay, so that's, and hopefully now hemp has also become one of those things that farmers should be allowed to be growing it if it has no THC in it. We're waiting on that because they actually fell under two separate laws, strangely enough. And the last time I was at uh, the MCC, the Medicines Control Council, I, I had a meeting with them. We brought that up and they're currently in the reading phase of all of the research that was done on hemp. And it was quite a substantial document. I think it was 2,000 pages of reading. So there's several people that have to go through that. And with hemp, you have to look at there's a lot of other things that they can use it with clothing, textiles. Uh, in fact, hempcrete is, is amazing. It's mm. a concrete made from hemp and it floats. Yeah, no, it's amazing stuff. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about things like that, you, you need to get hold of guys like Tony Budden, who's just a genius on hemp. I'm just a beginner. I talk the lingo, but I'm, I'm not too sure about much of the hemp industry, to be quite honest with you. Mm. Well, for as long as I can remember, and this fascinated me a few years ago, you could go into a bookshop, uh, some of the better bookshops, and there, was, there were actual books on how to grow marijuana yes. um, and, and it was quite amazing to me that you know okay so you're selling me a book on how to grow it but i'm not allowed to um which was almost <laughs> like secretly condoning yes. it but i suppose the question in everybody's mind is well how do i grow this stuff some people say oh it's very difficult to grow but i mean i've noticed that wherever you go you're you know if people have been smoking dope and they've thrown the pips out the window all of a sudden you have plants growing Look, its nickname isn't weed for a reason. Uh, it, you know, it, pretty much if you plant it, it's going to grow. I think you have to then just look at quality. One of the questions was like, how many different types are there? Well, that we know of right now, sort of one of the bigger companies that does it, it's an app for your cell phone called Leafly, L-E-A-F-L-Y. Mm -hmm. You can download it it's on all the Play Stores and whatever. It'll it'll give you a rundown of most of the strains. Currently, they've got a library of around 25,000 strains. 25,000. Okay. okay. How many um, in South Africa? 25,000. In South Africa, if we have to start including land races, hybrids, and, and stuff that's just sort of grown wild and it's cross-hybridized with other stuff, you know, other types of pollen and, uh, from different cannabis plants, we're probably very lucky in South Africa. We're probably sitting with about five or 6,000 strains. I mean, with, when, with growing no up, when you're growing up, you hear about Durban poisons and Malawi cobs mm. and Swazi gold and Roybart and all of those things. I mean, I, yeah. I, this is not the sign of a okay, misspent so use, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. I agree. I agree. Durban poison, strange enough, there was a very interesting thing. Durban poison is one of the best medicinal plants available currently worldwide. If we have to look at the lineage of many of the, the strains, around 40% of all the strains have, have the DNA of Durban poison in them because somewhere along the line in the lineage, 
Durban poison was actually bred into the mix of things. It's a really great plant. It's a land race, which means that it's our very own. It grew here. It wasn't a hybrid of anything. It just sort of grew by itself. Swazi, you know, when people say, I think the worst thing that I could ever hear is somebody going, when I say, what are you smoking? And they'll go, well, I went to the guy at the garage. Right there, my Jewish side comes out and I want to plutz and I want to just die and, <laughs> and roll over, set myself on fire because that is possibly the worst thing you could do because what we're finding is most of that plants are coming from, and I say it with the greatest of respect, countries like Swaziland, countries like Malawi, countries like Lesotho, where it's grown en masse. What strain is it? Well, we don't know. We just got like five kilos of seeds and we grew them. So we don't actually know what it is. And it's almost like a bastardized version. You you really don't know what you're getting. And the street dealers tend to also lace weed a lot of times. Once again, I say this with respect. There's many cannabis, and I don't want to say dealers, cannabis sellers out there that are really ethical. And they find the stuff that has been grown locally. It's been grown organically, whether it's outdoor, indoor, greenhouse, whatever the case may be. And they're really doing a great job. And you need to find, if you are going to be buying please find yourself someone reputable. You know, there are a few out there. There's a couple of more reputable dispensaries, for lack of a better word, out there available. And and they'll make sure that you get the proper stuff. They send their plants for testing. They send their oil for testing. So at any one stage, they can tell you that there's absolutely zero heavy metals or pesticides or anything in their weed. And it just so happens to have a whole bunch of CBD and THC and THCV and THCA and CBN, CBL. You're just, you're just throwing those. letters at us at the moment. What is the difference between CBD <laughs> and THC? I mean, I know obviously cannabinoid oil is the one thing that helps people when they've got cancer. It's also helping to mitigate the effects of the medication that people may be on as long as they're not hormone positive, I believe. Yeah. Okay. CBD and THC, they're both cannabinoids. Okay. They're all cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. It is just that one is active and one is not. So we find that THC is your active cannabinoid and that's the one that sort of gets you giggling or hungry or calm or relaxed or excited or whatever the case may be, depending what type of THC it is as well. Because remember, there's hundreds of cannabinoids that we know of, and not all of them are present in all plants. CBD on its own, you know, there's been a big move to, you know, oh, CBD oil will help. Yes, and I cannot discount it. It's fantastic, but you're going to probably have to take in 15 to 20 times more CBD oil than you would a normal cannabis THC-based oil if you're ill. It's simply because THC is kind of like the sergeant major, when it comes to the cannabinoid system in in the body. CBD does attach to your your endocannabinoid system really, really well, and it does help. But as soon as THC comes in, it's almost as if they know exactly what to do. They're not sort of just standing around going, okay, what do we need to do now? THC is, is sort of gets in there and does the job. How has this ruling actually affected the oil? Because, I mean, obviously we're talking about people growing. We're talking about using it at home. So, I mean, surely it must have brought into play the people that are wanting to make cannabinoid oils. 
Look, here's the whole thing. Once again, the judgment actually covered that. And whatever you do with the plant in the privacy of your own home or in a private space is, is, is really up to you. If you want to make oils, you can right now. I, I don't know what legislation is going to say, you know, coming up. But, I mean, if you want to make it yourself, you can. However, I'm going to ask people to please err on the side of caution. While it seems like a very easy process, if it is done wrong, you can get very, very, very ill. You have to understand that there's two main ways of making cannabis oil. They either do like a coconut oil extraction or they do the alcohol extraction. A coconut oil extraction is literally putting the dry plant into coconut oil on a pot and boiling it. Okay, so you're literally pulling everything out. That's probably about the safe for personal use if you're going to do it with your own stuff where you know that it's coming from. The Rick Simpson oil, the RSO or the black oil that everybody talks about, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there, Melanie. I, we've spent a very long time. In fact, you know, the DACA couple have been instrumental in a lot of this and the cannabis community along with them and an organization called Fields of Green for All a while back came out with a document called the Desired Outcomes Document which, for lack of a better word, is the draft legislation that we're looking at. And it's out there for public opinion. It's out there for people to submit. If they think something's wrong in it, please to submit it to help the lawmakers along. That's already being, you know, eyed out quite a bit by government. So we're quite uh, excited about that. It's a living document at the moment that is where we want to actually go with cannabis in South Africa. Right. Vincent, sorry, we're running out of time. We just right near the end of the show. The the one last thing we can ask you is, um, if somebody wants to find out more about this, is there a website that they can access? Sure. You know what? I think what I'm going to suggest is there's some really great dispensaries out there available, but I'm going to point people towards Facebook and sort of off the top of my head, there's a dispensary called Stoned Tree Farm, S-T-O-N. D tree farm stone tree farm they're a really great dispensary they're really ethical guys they make sure that everything is up to date they're also well known within the industry they're well known guys without the outside of the industry as well but they like to keep their stuff a bit quiet if that makes sense but if you need to know anything about cannabis they will be the guys that will be able to help you with the greatest of pleasure well, there we have it. So, I mean, if you're one of the people who wants to get your head into the clouds, just remember that the one thing that you always need to do, don't you think, Michael, is to stay grounded. <laughs> okay, so, Quentin, thank you very much for chatting to us and clearing up some of the questions that people may have had. And, uh, well, we'll keep an eye on what's happening with it in the press and let us know if anything changes when it comes to the legalities, okay? I will do. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And, Michael, we'll catch you again soon as well. Thank you. From our side, cheerio. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded.